Welcome to the Truth of the Matter Is podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, alongside Jonathan, and we are back for episode 127. On that note, let's give a round of applause to all of our new and consistent listeners. Yes, we thank you on advance for continuing to plush play at your own convenience. Now, if you've listened to the podcast thus far, you know that there's a segment that comes up where me and Daniel will ask one another how we believe that we've been blessed this previous week. So, Daniel, how do you believe the Lord has blessed you last week? Well, the Lord has blessed me last week as, or I would say it would be for this current week, but the way the Lord has blessed me is, number one, I got to take my first vacation ever. Since I started working, nice. I started working when I was uh, 19 years old and I finally had a paid vacation. So that was a blessing in itself. And uh, that's really been like the whole week is just being able to relax and also pick up some equipment that I needed for uh, my computer. So it'll be the two ways that the Lord has blessed me. What about you? That's good. Well, I think the Lord has blessed me with the desire to just appreciate the grind i remember graduating at a high school no the grind oh the grind the grind grind. yeah graduating out of high school i had this grind to just attack things full force with my best efforts and i don't think i've ever lacked that but i think now i've been doing it a bit more tediously intentionally and most importantly there are just certain goals that i have in mind that i want to accomplish and it's requiring me to put my best foot forward and i'm making sure that i do that and i'm making sure that i cover pretty much all the different things that i want to improve upon or all the different things that require extra points of you know time that i have to set aside i give you an example this morning well, going in from last night, I actually worked until about 4.30 in the morning and came in, did my study time that I'm normally doing for my LSAT, slept about an hour and a half and jumped right to the gym. Obviously, it's extremely time consuming, didn't get that much rest, but you know, Eric Thomas was in my ear, so I made sure his voice was something that I remembered and i got all those things accomplished and i would think i would be super tired but i'm not tired so i guess my desire to get these things accomplished succeeded and now on to sunday where we we are actually recording this podcast and i i'm super excited to sort of discuss what we prepared for our audience this week are you prepared for the loss that you're going to take today? I'm not prepared for that. Because I don't think it's going to happen. You know, it's not every time that, you know, the stars align. Where, you know, it happens like, what, every four or five years? Every four years. That's not a preseason game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's the Jets and Giants will be playing today. So, should be fun. Should be interesting. And we'll get a chance Where to my, check uh, that out. Where my Giants hoodie today? Well, you said I I wasn't geared up, but I actually do have a Jets hoodie. So 
I don't wear it often because it hasn't been good reasons to wear it in public, but I found a way to be confident and still wear it. So, yeah. Well, it explains why you're not wearing it today as well. No, I, I, I will wear it. I will wear it. Don't you worry. Um, I'll put it on. While we pray for the listeners, um, make sure that we also that you also pray for your team. They're gonna need it. Nah, it's okay. Don't even worry about it. So, you know, myself and Daniel encourage you to reflect over the week, and by doing that, we believe you will be surprised to notice how the presence of the Lord is with you, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. So please reflect. The- Pay close attention to the details of our lives because God's presence, without a doubt, is in there for sure. So so now let's dive into the scripture. But before we do that, let's pray first and foremost. So we're going to do that now and then get started. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for each and every word that you have spoken while you were here on earth. We thank you for your words and your divine wisdom. To preserve the integrity and knowledge in it for our usage and guidance back to you who is the truth we thank you for the holy spirit and its decision to partner with man to provide us with what we rely on today your word the word of god father god we testify of your goodness your wisdom and your love for each of us alike we pray for the continuation of your guidance so that your will will be done. Lord, those who have decided to read your words daily and strive to apply them, we pray for their covering, their confidence, their understanding. Additionally, Lord, we hope for your blessings to reach them in a real way. Everyone who has actually began to study and read your word, we pray that they do it intentionally. We pray that you open up their eyes to see, their ears to hear, their hearts to receive, and their minds to understand. Amen. Lord, show them how your word will hold them accountable and will hold their faith steady, anchored in your promises. Lord, let them see how your words can be life-changing while transforming the way we think, we move, and have our being in you as ambassadors and representatives of you. Give us practicality ways as also temperament to express the impact of your words to the masses today. Give us the correct frame of mind to express your truth for those who are in agreement. Please say in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So continuing through the Gospel of Matthew series, we come to the point where we plan to finish out Matthew 7. And actually, it's a good point for us to reflect because this is exactly what Jesus, I believe, is encouraging us to actually do. So let's read the passage and then we'll break down some stuff. So we're going to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. English Standard Version will be the translation for today. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it has been founded on the rock and everyone who hears the words of mine and does not do them will be a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that 
house and it fell and great was the fall of it and when jesus finished saying these things the crowds were astonished at his teaching for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes so let's begin with this and i believe daniel can testify to what i'm about to say as children our parents brought us each bibles and in, the, in those bibles we noticed something that was super unique and that was when we read the gospels the words of jesus were written in red now i'm not sure if it was like that only in the gospel of john because the gospel of john is known as the more personal gospel of the four because john gave us his intent when he wrote it now this is where me and daniel want to actually review this myself and daniel at some point explained some of these things when we began the introduction to the gospels and one of those things were the intent of each writer who wrote each gospel to express a different part of who jesus was the gospels in our humble opinion are designed to show us the fullness of god through the life and person of jesus christ let me repeat that one more time. The Gospels, in our humble opinion, we believe are designed to show us the fullness of God through the life and person of Jesus Christ. So let's revisit that quickly, Daniel. Matthew portrayed Jesus as king, and the audience was for the Jewish people, and Matthew focused on the sermons of Jesus in his Gospel. It's actually the one we are in right now, currently. We actually have covered the sermon on the mountain matthew chapter 5 which would support the theme of this gospel thus far now mark portrayed jesus as servant the audience was the romans and mark focused on the miracles of jesus luke portrayed jesus as man and the audience was gentiles obviously me and you and the greeks and luke focused on the parables of jesus in his gospel and finally, John portrayed Jesus as God, and the audience will be all people, men and women, and the focus was on Jesus' teachings. Okay, very good. And it's important that we understand that Luke, when it's expressed that it focused on Jesus as a man, is to understand Jesus as a person. Each gospel expressed who God was through the person of Jesus Christ to see that he was a king, to see that he was a servant, to see that he was an ordinary person at some point, and then also to see that he was God in flesh. So each of them give you the characteristics of understanding who Jesus was, that he could be a person, that he could be a king, that he could be a servant, that he was God in the flesh. Okay? Now, as a historian, I wanted to address something else that would lead us right back into the scriptures, right? So the first red-letter New Testament Bible was published in 1899, and the first red-letter Bible followed two years later. So I guess there was sort of a idea about it, and then they actually went through it. Now, the idea came from a man named Louis Kopsika. He was inspired by the passage in the Gospel of Luke chapter 22, verse 20. Let's go there, and this is what it says. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So because of this, Lewis realized these words were the words of Jesus at the Last Supper. 
when Jesus Christ instituted the observance of communion. And knowing that blood is red, he asked himself, why not a red letter Bible with red words to be those of Jesus? In November 1901, the first printing of his own press, he numbered 60,000 copies. These quickly sold and the press had to run day and night to supply the demand. It was because of this idea Lewis received a congratulatory message of the King of Sweden and an invitation from the President of Theodore Roosevelt to come to the White House, which he accepted. Ten years, a decade after this idea, he died on March 28, 1910. So the reason why I have included this history history lessons because more than a hundred years the Bible has been printed with Jesus' words in red letters. I believe that they were printed this way to set Jesus Christ's teachings apart from the rest of the scriptures and of course to make them easier to find. Okay. As I went deep in my research I found out that the count of Jesus' words is about thirty one thousand four hundred and twenty six words. Almost 48% of the entire gospel. I believe that this is a prime example of how modern changes should be embraced, especially with the impact that it had on zooming in the words of Jesus' words specifically. Now, our goal today isn't necessary to pinpoint all of Jesus' words, because if we were to do that, well, we'll be here for a very long time, right? However, our overview thus far when it comes to his words have been rooted specifically starting in Matthew chapter 5, right? So, as Daniel mentioned, right, we spoke about the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, there was the Beatitudes. It was the believer being sought and light in the world, the fulfilling of the law which Jesus came to do, right? He spoke about topics of anger, lust, divorce, oaths, retaliation, loving enemy, how to pray, right? Giving to the needy, treasures, why we shouldn't be anxious, judging others, asking things from God, the golden rule, the rule of done. So understanding that framework can allow us to begin to understand why this particular text is important. So let's begin with verse 24. Daniel, can you remind the people? Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So Jesus is extremely wise here for one particular reason. He makes a suggestion. He is not forcing his words on anyone. Like what he said. First, he addressed everyone. There were no isolated individuals he was talking to. What he said was not personal but accessible to all. Second, what he did was mention the importance of listening. Now you can't talk while listening. So you have a choice here. He said, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them. He's looking for an action in response to what you heard him say. Where Jesus is getting at is, not only did you hear what I said, but now you're planning to put what I said into action and that's beautiful if you get it because what this demonstrates is a person's ability to listen and then what they do next is their ability to apply what they heard 
Jesus goes on to call you a wise man or woman if you build your house on the rock. The truth of the matter is you are considered a person who demonstrates foresight, practicality, and sensibility if you receive the words mm. of Jesus into your spirit, man. There are two simple passages that back up the sense, back up this sort of thought process, right? And we'll go, we'll go right there to those passages. So, in regards to the importance of Jesus' words, let's start at Luke chapter 1, verse 37, NIV. But no word from God will ever fail. Simple. No words will ever fall short of what God's intent is to do with it. No words will ever fall short of what God intended to do with it. Let's go to Luke chapter 11, verse 28. I've mentioned this numerous times. Let's look at it in the Amplified versions. One of my favorite verses. On the contrary, blessed and happy, favored by God, are those who hear the word of God and continually observe it. Blessed and happily favored are you who hear the words of Jesus Christ, God. And do what? Continually deserve it. Amazing promise that will come to those who continue to be wise and exhibit wisdom by running their race. Jesus said, you are a wise man or woman if you built your house on rock. Now, I had to think about this before I give you my thoughts. And let's hear the rest of the statement again, starting with verse 24 into verse 25, just for the context, Daniel. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it has been founded on the rock. So Jesus is not just pointing out the rock itself, literally. And I would say that that concept is the surface meaning of it. And if you appreciate and understand it that way that's fine but there's more to peel from this right another important thing to mention is that we live our lives on levels and we arrive in stages so if that's your takeaway in the beginning of your studying of the word that's fine now if you if i may let's go deeper when jesus uses the word rock as a metaphor he's referring to himself as the stable stability that anchors what we should be placing our faith in which is him meaning jesus meant that he was the rock and that we his house should build our lives upon him and nothing else in the book hmm. of hebrews um, i have a question about that actually yeah sure what's up i was thinking that he was saying that the word was foundational and that would give the stability mm -hmm. but he's known as the word okay yeah, so he's he's it's so interesting because there's is more of a more of, of the terms of a multifaceted message where he is the word, it is his words, the Bible is technically about him, the foreshadow of him, the elevating and the acknowledgement of him, the glorifying of him. So it's sort of like 
you can see how it's separate, but then you can see how it is. And that's the interesting thing. Like there are some things when you read and they seem almost very distinctly different, but they're not distinctly different. It's more of just paradoxes, which is extremely absurd statements, but one once researched and well found out it makes the most sense. So that's pretty much what's going on here. So depending on each portion of how we would address or discuss certain things, I think is what makes it extremely interesting. So if we if we go into the book of Hebrews, right? Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter three. And we'll look at verses three through six in the English Standard Version and let's see what it has to say. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much glory as the builder of a house that has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's houses, excuse me, all God's house as a servant, to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. So Jesus' words should seem as improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on if you implement them. Verse 26 and verse 27 is just a statement of truth if you don't consider Jesus as Lord over your life. So let's go there. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Yeah, so the statement of Jesus is self-explanatory, but I want to add something of value practically here. These words of Jesus is not just meant for Bible study or talking points. They are meant to be applied to our daily lives and situations that when we for, for us when we come across them. Right, I'll repeat that again. These words of Jesus is, just, is not just meant for Bible study or talking points. They are meant to be applied in our daily lives and situations when we come across tough situations. If we are just reading these words and keep them in the context of Bible study and discussions, only then you will not benefit from them, okay? James said two important things as it relates to this topic. Remember, early Jesus said, if you hear these words of mine, you will be the wise man or woman. What does James say? Let's go to James chapter 4, verse 17, NLT. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. Okay, that's very good. You did James chapter 1, verse 23 to 24. I'll do James 4, 17. It says, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So, the need to listen and understand the words from Jesus is very important and vital. Let's finish out with verse 28 to 29. 
And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. So because Jesus is God and does not need to answer to no one, right? He can speak entirely of his own volition and not as their scribes who rely on others to confirm their authority. Jesus knew who he was and walked like it. Think about this for a second. Jesus was living everything he was saying out in comparison to the religious teachers that people were exposed to who weren't practicing what they taught. They couldn't find fault in anything that Jesus did honestly, right? Because remember, they couldn't find him guilty of sin. And as a result of that, they began to express their jealousy about Jesus. Not just the fact that the audiences grew in number, but that a lot of them turned on them as a result of some of their bickering and complaining about Jesus. Now, I want to finish up here with this passage in Isaiah chapter 55, beginning at verse 10 and 11, because I think it's very important here. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, making it bare and sprout and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, useless or without result, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Very good. So here are our final thoughts here. I encourage you to review the words of Jesus, all 31,426 of them. Obviously, myself and Daniel have covered the Sermon on the Mount. I believe there are about six parts. And if you read with intent and see his words, you'll come to realize how life-changing they can be for you, right? In the book of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, this is what it says. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Yeah, so Jesus was clear in the gospel of John chapter 6, verse 63, when he said, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh conveys no benefit if it is of no account. The words that have spoken to you are spirit and life, providing eternal life. So, I dare you to listen and apply Jesus' words and see what happens to you. And on that note, let's finish with devotional time. We're going to start in Joshua today, to chapter 24, verse 15, and it says this. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Emirates in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The truth of the matter is you have a choice to serve the Lord or not and to apply the words of Jesus or not. You can choose this to be your foundation or to walk the Christian difference 
or choose not to, to read the word of God or not. But what we want to say here is as we continue to inform you, we want you to be comfortable with your decision to either walk in the faith or not. Now, Father, I pray that people will see the value in listening and following your precepts. We thank you for choice in the gospel of John chapter 13, verse 34. You say a commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Now, since God commands us to love, that means it is within our power to do so. Therefore, love is a decision we can make. We thank you for choice and I ask that all who agree with me say in Jesus name, amen. Amen.